As our products gained influence, the financial community slowly accepted me as a trusted insider. And now, as the markets ascended to unprecedented heights, I found myself, as Wall Street scorekeeper, fueling the make-and-spend machine. I hadn't created the wealth in front of me. In order for my company to flourish, however, we needed to embrace it. Eating, drinking, and consuming, the Wall Streeters arrayed before me were doing a fantastic job celebrating their status at the precise apex of our country's financial pyramid. But judging from the almost primal noise now shaking the Hammerstein's century-old foundations, our guests, in their Armani tuxedos and Brioni suits, had actually come for something even more innate than steaks and vodka. They had come for blood. Preferably, it seemed, blood from the one group that almost everyone on Wall Street could agree embodied all that was evil and wrong with the world the tiny substratum of their peers who made even more than they did. Gold men sucks, the crowd thundered in unison. Gold men sucks. Poor Shane Kinahan, I thought, watching him march towards the boxing ring as the bagpipers he'd personally hired for his entrance futilely tried to drown out the profanity now raining on him. A vice president at Goldman Sachs, an institution whose name was now being collectively mocked, Kinahan was guilty of a mortal Wall Street sin, inspiring jealousy. Once bonuses were doled out a few months hence, Goldman would pay its 30,000 employees an average of $661,000 for 2007, more than any bank on the street or similarly sized company in the world. It was a figure that took into account every secretary, janitor, cafeteria worker, and town car driver. Our crowd, of course, did far better. Kenahan was surely well into seven figures, and some of his colleagues would nudge past $100 million for the year. Rooting for Goldman Sachs was thus about as much fun as rooting for Kim Jong-il on Election Day in North Korea. To make matters worse for Kenahan, he was fighting Josh Weintraub, who had the double advantage of a college boxing background and the underdog's chip on his shoulder. No matter that Weintraub was one of the biggest hitters on the street, the guy who made millions running Bear Stearns' private label mortgage trading desk, selling mortgages so junky that neither Fannie Mae nor Freddie Mac would guarantee them, packaged under a euphemism that made them sound as benign as Sam's Club Cola. It's just as good as Coke, but one-third the price. The math in the room was just as simple. Bear versus Goldman. David versus Goliath. Rather than tap gloves at the beginning of the round, as is traditional in amateur fights, Weintraub taunted Kinahan, sticking his face out the way a mongoose might bait a snake. Trinity Jim, a boxing specialist in New York's financial district, had spent four months training each of our fighters, and part of the mantra had been to put on a good show for the paying customers. If you were outclassing an opponent early, carry him a little, then take him out in the third round not Weintraub. He tore a Kinahan without mercy. A left cross for Kinahan's secretary, who made three times more than Weintraub's secretary. A right jab for the three top earners Goldman had stolen from Bear the year before, finally stunning him with a right hook that dropped the Goldman trader after 90 seconds. The crowd cheered like it was VE Day, led by a boisterous Weintraub entourage. He had personally forked out $65,000 for premium tickets, for friends, family, and crew, followed by an after-party at a nearby club. As eight sets of boxers slugged through the night, 
Traders and bankers streamed toward Hammerstein, unfurling rolls of hundreds in hopes of charming the check-in girls and buying their way into the capacity event. Via text messages and cell phone calls, the word had gone out. Wall Street was celebrating tonight. The past month had seen the Dow Jones Industrial Average surge past 14,000 points for the first time. Guys like Josh Weintraub were making fortunes by creating securities more complicated than the Rosetta Stone and also far more valuable. And Bear had just beaten Goldman. For these guys, my guys for better or worse, all was right and just with the world. No one had yet developed a name for this era, this decade with the once-a-millennium calendar quirk of two zeros perched in the middle. As I gazed across the room in front of me, the zeros seemed fairly spot on. Wall Street's breathless pursuit of zeros, that easy money mentality, have permeated every...